you a picture. Let me take you back to April of this year. Scary, I know, but stick with me. We have a student sitting at home and he realizes his chances of getting an internship have slimmed tremendously. Now, if you're not familiar with the modern day advertising student mental perspective, the internship means almost everything. Almost. So students work hard, they get an internship, and then they get a job. It's a simple process we've been conditioned to follow. But this year, that whole thing was disrupted. Johnny Ty was one of the thousands of students that this tragedy affected. Now, back in April, Johnny had an idea. He reached out to some friends, which turned into a messy Google document, which led to a concept, which brought on some imposter syndrome, but they kept going and working and they reached viral success because they were united by a common goal. Johnny, who was once down in the dumps because of his chances of getting an internship were next to none, refuted this. And he teamed up with Isabella Cortene Morris, Joy Darlene, Clayton Hutton, Emily Gorey, and Maggie Peng to create Indoor Recess. Indoor Recess was this summer's critically acclaimed advertising competition for students stuck indoors instead of interning. Over a thousand people applied for this fantastic program, and in this episode, we dive into Maggie, Johnny, and Bella's individual stories about themselves and Indoor Recess. This episode will put a smile on your face and have you ready to take on any challenge life throws at you. So please follow us on Instagram at EnteringAd to learn more about these amazing guests and to follow Indoor Recess as well. They might have something in the works for the future, but who knows? This is the Breaking and Entering Podcast, and I am your accomplice, Gino Schellenberger. Kick it, Mikey. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special episode of the Breaking and Entering Podcast because we have the founders, uh, not all of them, we have three founders of Indoor Recess. We got Johnny, we got Maggie, and we got Bella. Hello and welcome. Hello. <laughs> Hi. So this, that was so good. So professional. Yeah, a very warm yeah. welcome. I try. I try. I'm not I'm not the best. Sometimes I'm off, but I appreciate that. Um, I'm super excited to have you guys, right? Uh, you guys created a program this summer when everybody was kind of down. Uh, you're helping students out. I'm trying to help students out. I don't know how well I do with helping students out, but <laughs> having you guys on just makes sense. And I, you guys blew up this summer. I, I saw everything like on LinkedIn. I followed along. I wasn't personally in it, but I heard about it and I know my friends were in it. So I want to talk about you guys, talk about indoor recess. Well, give advice to the students. It'll be a fun episode with three people on as a guest. So I will do my best to moderate and uh, keep the balance. But I want to start off with getting to know you guys, how you met each other. So we'll go one by one. You'll tell us about who you are, what do you do, what do you like, I don't know, whatever you like. Johnny, we'll start with you. Uh, who are you? What do you do for a All right. Uh, my name is Johnny Tai. I was born and raised in Long Beach. Um, I actually am on the last stretch of college, so happy for that. But when I entered college, actually, I, I enrolled as a business econ major. And then I didn't like that, I switched to journalism. Didn't like that either. Switched to public relations. Ended up in marketing as a minor somehow. And down the line, I found out what ad agencies are. And I was like, this seems cool. Um, and I decided that I wanted to intern out of state. And in doing so, I was just looking up a whole bunch of agencies, found Edelman. And through there, I was able to land an interview. And then while I was looking up stuff on LinkedIn, I found Bella's account, who was interning at Edelman at the time. And through that, we just had some communication going on. Um, and then in March, unfortunately, things went crazy. Yep. And when things went a little bit crazy, um, just like everybody else, I lost out on a whole bunch of interviews and offers. And through that, I reached back out to Bella and said, hey, Bella, how's everything for you? <laughs> and you know, Bella can explain what was going on on her side. Um, but I had an idea. So that's a little bit about myself. Ooh. Or not. So that will 
That's a good uh, preview to what your idea <laughs> was. But I have a question already. So you were looking at Edelman. You reached out on LinkedIn to somebody already working at Edelman. And you're telling me somebody responded to you and you had a conversation off LinkedIn? Oh, yeah. You know, I Mind feel like blowing. This is, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, who knew? Um, yeah. You know, I, I feel like it's it's always something that people are afraid to do. Um, even for myself, it's still difficult to do. And I will say that uh, Bella is not the first person I've reached out to. She might have been number 20, to be honest. Mm. Um, but that's make the you thing. feel, Bella, you're number 20 on the list. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to take that and I'll sit with it later on my <laughs> For a later okay. conversation. Yeah. Right. Well, good. Then, um, so, you, so Bella, tell us about you then, uh, the kind of transition in your, your quick little story yeah. here. Um, so yeah, I'm Bella. I went to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Um, at Chapel Hill, I studied advertising within the media and journalism school and, um, and minored in social and economic justice, which I absolutely loved. Um, and yeah, I kind of fell into advertising, I guess, because I knew I wanted to do something where I could create and, and tell stories. Um, so that's how I found myself in the journalism school. And then within that, though, um, I, I took some creative classes, some design classes, strategy classes, and realized that I really liked the intersectionality of all of those things. Um, and so that's how I stumbled upon advertising. I um, was super lucky in, in getting an internship in account management at Ogilvy the summer before wow. my senior year um, and then actually decided to do a rare thing and just like take six months off after I graduated, um, which I'm a huge advocate for. Um, and I just was able to travel, backpack, um, took some time to not think about anything career related and it was the most amazing time. Um, and then in January of this year, uh, I started at Edelman as an intern there within their brand practice. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, Johnny reached out to me one fateful day yeah. on LinkedIn. And I was able to answer some of his questions about my experience so far during the internship program. And, um, and you know, yeah, it, it continued on. It all came yeah, together. So. Um, what um, Edelman location was this at? So I was at Edelman in DC. Yeah, so um, the DC office in particular is pretty uh, focused on a lot of like government clients, a lot mm -hmm. of government affairs work, public policy work, right. um, and uh, public affairs work, sorry. And I was interested in that, but um, actually wanted a balance of something more cause related um, with my social and economic justice background. Like sure. I was really interested in that, but also wanted to balance the big name brands. Um, so I was actually super lucky in, in being on the brand team and they were focusing on clients like Hilton and Volkswagen and Under Armour and stuff like that. So I was still able to touch those, those brands, but also help out with some random more cause related work. So that, I, yeah, I loved it. That's great. interesting. I never really even thought about that, that different, you know, different locations might have different demands. It obviously makes sense that we're talking about it now. Um, mm -hmm, totally. I think, and obviously DC more government government relations work in Chicago. I think it's a lot of that, those consumer packaged goods, just because yeah. there's a lot of factories kind of like broad shoulders, hardworking, like uh, yeah, consumer totally. goods like that. So it makes sense. Cool. Mm -hmm. And then you uh, responded on LinkedIn. So message to the listeners out there that are in a <laughs> yeah. position where they might be getting reached out to by students. It's always good to respond. You know, even if you don't yes. have much to say, reach back out, be nice. And then you never know what can come of it. Absolutely. And I will say as well, when Johnny reached out to me um, asking for advice, uh, I I felt like I didn't have much to give. You know, I had just started. Um, I had just graduated six months before, like had just started in this internship. Um, but I think oftentimes and what I'll say is, is oftentimes the people your own age or, or your peers who are closest to you can often give you the best chunks of advice. Yes. And they'll be the realist with you or they're going to, um, you know, be real about salary expectations. They're going to, mm -hmm. 
you know, warn you about different things. And I think, um, so it's super important, yeah, to not only reach out to people much higher up, but reach out to potential peers. So I think that was really great that Johnny did that with me. And even though I kind of had no idea what advice I was really giving, I just had more of a casual conversation and it seemed yeah. to obviously work out well for us in the end, regardless of <laughs> us being Edelman or not. <laughs> well, that makes sense. The lot, the most listened to episodes of this podcast are those like entry level roles and like the mm -hmm. junior strategists, the AAEs. So it makes sense. People want to hear advice from somebody that they envision themselves in within the next six to however many months. So Finally, we have Maggie. Maggie, what's up? Uh, you we weren't a part of that story directly. Where do you fall into the mix here? Uh, what's your, what are you all about? I will tell you now. Um, here you go. <laughs> I'm originally from. I, I go go back. Um, originally, I'm originally from Shanghai. Currently studying advertising at Syracuse University, the Newhouse School of Public Communications. Um, and I, I think the pandemic hit in March or so. School went online. And I was just looking for stuff to do. And um, I think for all of us, like especially Johnny and I, we distinctly remember Natalie hosting the uh, virtual recruiter roundtables. Yep. Um, and there was a spreadsheet going around for everyone who attended. They will know what's, what, what I'm talking about with, you know, everyone who attended. And they were all like college students, recent grads. And um, just one day, I don't know, like what happened. I decided to reach out just go through that spreadsheet and reach out to a few people. Um, I think because I realized that I wasn't meeting anyone new, I wasn't making new friends as I would uh, if I was going to school. So um, I wrote to Johnny, I actually have the LinkedIn message pulled up because I think it's oh. kind of funny. Oh, I no. said, no, 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 it's, it's fine. I said, hi, Johnny, <laughs> I saw your LinkedIn from the virtual recruiter roundtable and was wondering if you'd be interested in hopping on a casual call or just ch and just chat from one bewildered soul of this pandemic to another i stopped meeting new people maybe this can be another way all my best maggie he said hey maggie how's it going looks like you know linnea that's cool that's a common contact of ours mm -hmm. um sure i'd love to take a call so there i guess another linkedin connection um as simple as that yeah and i think it was in that call that johnny first um well mentioned the idea of creating an advertising competition to me and i think i told you this um i didn't say it right there and then but i definitely thought like this is not gonna work um <laughs> who's gonna you know like who's gonna care about a student competition host started by students when there's already like one club and young shits and like all the other, you know, DNAD, all the other bigger student competition um, with sponsors and all that. So um, <laughs> I didn't think it would go. Um, and there's, there's a lot more to the story, but he reached back like later on, I think in May, um, because he wanted just one more teammate on the team of five at that time. And I said, yes, because I actually wanted to get into partnerships. And that's what I ended up doing at Indoor Recess. Cool, cool. So, um, I, I I think there's a lot of ways I can go with this, but I kind of want to just double check before we go, we dive into indoor recess. Um, just like real quick about each of you, you know, what were some of like your past internships, just some experiences that you've had that really were foundational to your advertising career, whether in college or out of college or what you're planning on doing. What are those? What are those? Um, cornerstones of your advertising career and we can start with johnny again sure i have two direct um, relations to advertising and then two indirect ones so i'll sure. start with the direct ones um when i switched to marketing as a minor i joined the american marketing association yes american marketing association and through that that's when i first found out what advertising was or what an agency was um, we were able to tour offices the first office i was able to tour was david and goliath love them nice. And then I went to 72 and Sunny. I've been to Shia Day. And all wow. of a sudden, I know all the offices in the LA area for the most part. Um, and then I ended up becoming a part of the executive board where I was the person that was securing those tours, um, nice. which I gained some communications experience for. And then one time when I was actually communicating with 72 and Sunny for a tour, they said, How about instead of a tour, you come here and join this boot camp that we're running with the One Club? 
So I entered through there um, and it was my first ever competition and first time ever actually doing something like hardcore advertising related. It was like a week long boot camp, long hours, um, but I loved it. I actually got second place there and that's how I really loved advertising. Now the funny part about that though, at the same time was I also was like, okay, I like this thing, but what else is out there, you know? So I actually decided instead of going for an advertising related internship right after that win, I decided to go like completely opposite direction. Um, I ended up interning at Slick Deals, which is a deals website um, in Hollywood. And it's more tech focused, more of a startup kind of feel. Um, and through there, I did content marketing, which is similar to associate editing. I would edit, fact check, uh, make all the creative copy and all that good stuff. And then after that, I had an identity crisis actually. I was like, do I even wanna do content? Do I wanna do advertising? I ended up going into fashion PR, which is like a whole different realm. Um, I had no contacts in that industry. I had to start from the ground up, just as uh, everybody else may. And after doing fashion PR, I loved it, um, but I didn't see a path in the beginning for me. So that's when I decided to focus back into advertising. Wow. Wow. So you dip your toes in a lot of different things and you, you learned a lot, I'm sure. So now you have a pretty clear idea of what you want to do now. Uh, no, but okay. I would say that's a strength because there you go. I would say I'm so interested in many different things. I have the fashion interest. I work for Apple right now and I love technology. I love advertising and just using my brain as a whole. Um, but one thing that I know for sure is whatever I end up doing after I graduate is whatever I like and whatever is fun and whatever mm -hmm. actually still challenges me. So it's still pretty vague, but I think it's better off that way for me at least. Amazing. Amazing. Bella, how about you? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think I touched on it a little before, but I kind of fell into advertising just through my interests at school. Um, and then my first kind of, I think it was the sophomore summer. Um, I was actually able to intern with an ad and sales team in-house at a company okay. called Bauer Media Group in their Sydney office. So, um, I'm, I'm originally from Australia, so that gave me the ability to go back and, and work there legally. Um, and then through that realized, okay, I don't want to be in house. Like, I think I want to be in a more, um, creative conceptual space. Um, and I had been in contact with the agencies from the in-house side. So that's how I knew that that was a thing on the horizon. Um, and then when junior year, uh, summer came around, uh, again, I was fortunate enough to get a, a position interning with um, Ogilvy on their social change team um, in their DC office. And um, one thing I do really want to point out, though, is I was super fortunate to get um, like a fellowship and funding to be able to afford to live in a place like DC that's so expensive um, and gave me that privilege to be able to wow. do that, which I think a lot of people don't get. Um, hence why the advertising industry as a whole is um, oftentimes very um, exclusive in that sense. Um, so I was super lucky to get support through a fellowship to just like live in DC while interning at Ogilvy. And then, um, and yeah, then ended up at Edelman. And I think when I was at school, um, some resources that I, I really tapped into um, was my um, American Advertising Federation chapter. Um, so when I was a younger student, I just attended all the meetings and they oftentimes had networking events and people come in from local agencies um, or like New York or Chicago agencies to speak about their internship programs, um, what, it, what it was like to work there. Um, and then I was able to also serve on the exec board for that when I was a senior. Um, a huge, huge part of that as well um, in terms of networking was um, we were able to organize a networking trip physically to go to New York with 15 nice. other students. Yeah. And that exposed me to um, meeting just so many people across a bunch of awesome agencies in New York City and uh, just through organizing that and um, working with them to get 15 of the UNC students up there was really great. Amazing. Um, and then National Student Advertising Competition, sure. again, huge. What year was that? Was that Wiener Schnitzel? That was Wiener Schnitzel. Did yeah. you do that yeah. one? <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I was in a different uh, organization. 
<laughs> but I heard I about tell that. you I have just eaten way too many hot dogs now in my life in my lifetime sure. I will never I cannot eat a hot dog <laughs> yeah it brings you back uh, yeah market research though market research. for sure for sure quality uh, control too exactly absolutely yeah. um yeah it was great and I think uh in terms of real world experience that was the closest thing really you could mm -hmm. get at the time at my school to um, to really working on a campaign from start to finish. And so we were doing all of the strategy and, and the research at the beginning, um, but then also uh, executing all the creative, concepting mm -hmm. all of that stuff, and, and then also presenting to right. a panel of judges um, as if you're pitching to a client. So I think um, that was a huge, huge opportunity for me. And I actually met my current creative partner um, through that and, nice. and we were super lucky to meet through NSAC at, at my school. So yeah, those are some really amazing yeah. resources that I um, heavily leaned on for sure. Nice. nice. Thank you for sharing. Um, definitely get involved in all of those. If you can, if your school offers it in those virtual networking events now, that's the new normal here. Uh, take advantage of those as well. Maggie, let's hear it. Um, I, I was looking on my LinkedIn trying yeah. to recall experience and I think I actually had like, zero agency yeah i had zero agency experience before this summer sure. i remember like a few widen people visited our school to give a presentation and i barely at that point i barely like knew what that agency was or how big it was <laughs> and wow. um yeah. so i think my my first my first um like entry into agency is through mape the multicultural advertising internship program. It's it's a great program. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the internships had to be canceled this summer. I think mm -hmm. companies were just not um, prepared. Um, but fortunately, mine wasn't. Um, it was at McGarry Jesse. I was a strategy intern. They're they're a full service um, agency based in Austin, Texas. But obviously, I interned remotely. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it wasn't canceled partly because they weren't um, part of any holding company. So mm, interesting. that, yeah, that was my first agency experience. I recently just wrapped up um, an internship at Mojo Supermarket, which is a super young two-year-old creative agency um, founded by Mo Said, who is um, a creative from Droga before he started this agency. Um, and that was also a really cool experience. And yeah, those those are my two agency experiences. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like I all of probably all of my agency knowledge um, knowledge about really how strategy is done in, at an agency um, were came from this summer, pretty much from like April to now. I spent more time on LinkedIn uh, than I've ever done before. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. Um, and what are, um, all of your, in, like, what is your, for each of you, like, what's your, your, your ideal or dream advertising title, your, your job title that you guys want? What are your, what are your goals with that? Just real quick. Just like, like one or two years or like 10 years. Or um, no, one or two years, actually. I, okay. Yeah. Just if Johnny, you want to just start with that. Yeah. Um, if we're talking just agency, because I mm -hmm. feel like I have so many interests, uh, I would totally still love to be a strategist. Um, but if I were to expand that to just anything in general, I would definitely say something in partnerships or communications in tech. Nice. Nice. Bella? Um, I am pursuing, heavily pursuing the copywriting route. Um, I Yeah, I love writing. So ideally a junior copywriter, copywriter. Um, but I have been lucky enough to work on a lot of projects from a strategy standpoint. Um, so I think hopefully somewhere where I'm able to, to mix that in to whatever I'm doing. Nice. That seems like a logical like transition from strategy to copy. It seems mm -hmm. like it's manageable. Mm -hmm. And Maggie? I think it definitely helps. Yeah. yeah. Maggie? Um, mostly focusing on strategy. Um, kind of like Johnny, I have a lot of interests, but I think most of my experience would gear me up for a strategy strategist position. I would, I'm also interested in partnerships and potentially new business. Nice. Yeah. I think if in advertising in general, you have to be, you know, you have to have a lot of interest. You have to know 
uh, a lot about culture and then specifically strategy. You have to be extremely curious. Um, so then it fits the bill for all of all of you guys. Um, but what also you guys all have in common is that you guys started this wonderful indoor recess um, competition. So let's get into that now. Let's get into the meat of the conversation here. Uh, Johnny, you were the one that kind of previewed it on your original intro. So pick us up where you left off. And I know that you three are not just the only founders. How many people are we missing right now? Give them a shout out real quick. We are missing um, Emily Gorey, Joy Darlene, and um, Clayton Hutton. And, um, you know, sad we're not mm. all together, but obviously that would be really hectic to do. <laughs> yes, all yes. Stars, though. Shout out to those people as well. Um, we'll, we'll, um, I think I'll put the graphics in on the ins on the social posts as well. So we'll take care of that. We'll make sure they get some nice. credit there. All right. So Johnny, what what do we got here? So you saw the problem. You saw that students were losing out, and you all saw this as well. You saw that students were kind of like screwed over the you know with the pandemic. All, all of us included, especially like you know me, <laughs> but and you know. So what, what happened? Um, what, what's the situation? What, yeah, take us definitely. back to whenever this started. All right. So going back to the whole pandemic starting, lockdown is starting. I'm getting all of these rejection emails and all that stuff. I'm screwed. You know, I, I feel like I spent the past few months prior working up toward a, a really awesome summer internship. So I was like, well, that was my A game. That was my A plan. What's next? So I went soul searching. I started reaching out to all of my mentors in the past, even people that I might have just talked to once. And I was just like, can we talk? Um, so we set up, you know, one hour calls and I would just tell them, like, look, I don't know what to do. I have no internship going on. What's up? And, you know, obviously, this is the first time it's happened to anybody with this whole pandemic situation. It's new. It's scary. But there are a few mentors of mine that went through the 2008 crash and they said, look, first thing, you're doing great. You have these internships. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm sure you've learned something from these things that you can do by yourself without an internship. So that was like the main key piece of advice. One of my mentors said, go help a business. You know, they probably don't have any social media if they're like a really small company. Um, mm -hmm. Do something that allows you to be creative, read, or even take a break because that's really important, especially if you've been working for so long. So I went on LinkedIn and the first thing that I There's was- There's no way you took a break. No, I actually didn't. So fun fact, um, from December 2nd, when I started interning at Slick Deals, all the way to the end of Indoor Recess's third session, which is, I think, I don't even know, August anymore. I worked seven days straight, nonstop, did not have a day off. Um, so I had a wow. job on the weekends and I was doing school and then I was adding on Indoor Recess to this whole mix. So I don't know how I did it, but I'm alive. Um, I'm well. <laughs> But I would say definitely take advantage of breaks if you can. Um, so I hopped on LinkedIn. And the first thing I was asking like was, OK, so if I have this situation, I'm sure everybody else my age has this situation. I'm sure there's no way people have internships going on, right? So then um, the first thing that I saw from LinkedIn was like other people getting laid off, like much older people that are already like in their job. So I was like, OK. So people are on this kind of spotlight situation where they have to cover themselves. Um, so there's no way that they could help out or even understand that students are at the same situation too. Um, but thankfully there was a shining light. You guys know Natalie Kim, <laughs> uh, shout out to Natalie Kim. She had, we are next. She was making these things called um, recruiter roundtables where she found some recruiters from different agencies, hopped on uh, Crowdcast, which is similar to uh, a streaming service like Zoom. And uh, they just candidly talked about what students could be doing to remain productivity. One of the recruiters on that roundtable, I don't remember who, said, you know, uh, start doing your own projects, just like I got as a, advice for myself. But um, the thing is, if you're a creative, you know, a copywriter or an artist, you can kind of do that by just like hopping on. Not It's, it's not that simple, right? But you can pretty much make your own posters and graphics and write out some scripts and stuff like that. Um, but if you're on the other side, like me, where it's account management strategy, you kind of need a client and you need guidance to to even improve yourself at that. You know, how are you going to be good at account management if you don't have an account to work on? Right. Um, so right. That was like the one piece of insight that just like shot up in my head. I was like, OK, there's something here. 
Um, and I, I thought back to myself and my own game plan, and I thought about what I was going to do next. So I thought about what has impacted me the most when it comes to my growth and my learning. And it goes back to that 72 and sunny one club boot camp where I did this competition and we had a brief and I worked with some random strangers and I got to network. And I felt like if we were going virtually, then maybe we could do something with that. Um, because now you're virtual, you know, you could talk to anybody on the planet. Um, that's how I met Maggie through New York and all that good stuff. So then I reached out to my good friend, Clayton. Clayton is a colleague of mine at Cal State Long Beach. And I reached out to him and said, hey, I have this crazy idea. Do you want to hop on a call? And he's like, what is it this time? <laughs> so I told him the plan to have some sort of online competition. That's all I had in my head. And then he was like, how are you going to do this? I was like, I don't know. Are you in or not? <laughs> he said, you know what? I have nothing else to do. Let's do it. So then we literally hop on like Google Docs and we just like, like word vomited stuff. Like, okay, maybe we're going to have partnerships. Maybe we're going to work with Adobe. Maybe we'll have a brief. Um, how are we going to get these other people? And then I was thinking to myself, okay, this is a really interesting idea, but I feel like we need to have a third brain to kind of cover our bases. Sure. So that's when I decided to reach out to Joy Darlene. She's also at Cal State Long Beach. Um, I haven't actually met her at that time yet, but I just knew about her existence. Um, she was sure. hustling hard on LinkedIn. She kept yeah. posting every day, like, just finished this online course about social media, about Excel, about Instagram. So I was like, okay, she's doing something. Reached out to her. She was in, uh, even though we had no vague plan at that time. And then we worked on this kind of uh, marketing plan, actually. Like, like it was like as if we were doing like a final thesis for a project for school. Sure. We worked on this like 10-page document of what we think should happen. And then we even like gave it to a professor to look at. And uh, this professor was like, you're going to fail. And here's yeah. why. Yeah. And, and I was like... I think I'm still gonna do this. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's something that I know in my head that might work. Um, because yeah. I feel like I'm more technically, technologically inclined. I kind of know how like online things might work out and um, how good people our age is just you know at technology. Sure. Um, so I just continued with this idea. That's when I finally reached out to Bella and said, "Hey, Bella, how's everything with you?" Um, and then I got on a call with Bella and Clayton and described our idea. At that time. I had a better idea about what I wanted to do. I had a plan to reach out to all of these people from different mm -hmm. agencies, to have judges, to have mentors. Um, because I went back to that one club competition. I thought, mm -hmm. okay, people need to meet people. And people actually do want to help each other out. It's kind of like this giving back thing in the advertising industry. Um, because believe it or not, um, internships aren't just for yourself to grow. It's also for people that are in their careers that want to give back and mm -hmm. want to help others. Um, because we've all been in that spot. I mean, I'm still in that spot. So uh, Bella said yes, <laughs> and then we got to work. And then down the line, I obviously knew that we needed a brand and an image and all that stuff. So I asked Bella, do you know any designer friends or anything like that? Um, and Bella said, I'll go looking around. So she did. And we ended up with Emily, thankfully enough. Uh, as we all know, Emily was working with Bella at the time at the Edelman DC office. So it kind of worked out hand in hand. And yes, after we completed our entire like plan, we had our brand going on. We had our website up. We were, were drafting out our materials uh, and our timeline. And that was it? And then, you were ready to launch? No, not yet. So okay. we, I kind of, this is like an inside joke between us, but we were, we were uh, rallying up to be the next fire festival because we had all this hype. We had like, we're yep. going to do this. We're going to do that. Yep, yep. You guys are going to have the best thing ever. And we didn't have a client yet. <laughs> so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were just like, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We have, we're going to build this hype up first, this audience first, um, just to prove to companies that we have something to go with there and then go. we'll find something. So it, it's definitely not something that I would recommend first and foremost, but it worked out for us. Um, but I realized with Clayton that we needed help with partnerships. Um, and to find these agencies and stuff like that. Oh. So that's when um, you go for that? went to Maggie straight through. Um, so in one of my networking calls with Maggie, she mentioned that she's interested in sales or new business. So I was like, hmm, even though Maggie doesn't have you know that experience yet, what if I just asked her to help us with this? Maybe she'll get experience through that. And boy, that was the best decision of my life. <laughs> Because Maggie is a superstar. I'm sure we'll get into that with session one, but uh, that's the gist of it. Yeah. Wow. 
That's crazy. I think that's so interesting that you guys had to, you just kind of started on that Google Doc uh, and you just got right to it. You just started executing. What was that timeline like from when you first had that aha moment to when you reached out to Maggie? Like how many, how? Oh boy. Um, so I would say from me and Clayton on that Google Doc, it was like one week long and then it was a week. In that same week though, we added on Joy and then that second Wait, week. Was that April? Yeah, April-ish or March, April. I don't even know mm -hmm. the timeline anymore that well, but it's, yeah, it's yeah. I was gonna say I think time. it was end of March, because just to add to this, Emily mm. and I, um, and Emily who I met at Edelman, she mm. and I had just finished working on like a strategy kind of brand strategy project together. So I already knew her, and like knew we worked well together. And um, she and I had just gotten the unfortunate news from Edelman that they weren't going to be able to hire any mm. of us who were already there as interns um so we were like coming to terms with like oh shit we thought we had it in the mm. bag like we thought we had a really great spot we both loved our teams um and were so excited to hopefully stay on and then that kind of got pulled out from under from under us so it actually worked out so well because johnny reached out to me like just as i was finding that out and had no idea what my next steps were um and and it's funny the whole google doc thing yeah when i hopped on a call with with johnny and clayton um, <laughs> it was just um like i'm obviously great idea the core of the idea was there the information was there just like a mess of a google doc and i was like okay this needs a name yeah <laughs> just at a least brand. a name yeah. yeah, like this needs to be more cohesive. Like I'm going to rename it. Um, I'm going to like bring someone in. We're going to create kind of a, a brand strategy for it. Sure. And it was um, and it was great. And that's kind of how I tapped um, Emily and, and she and I kind of came up with this brand strategy of really just being the the plan B that feels like a plan A. And that's how we kind of landed on the name of, of Indoor Recess and this kind of whole idea where, that we're all stuck inside. It's kind of shitty. We don't really want to be here, but we're going to make it work and we're going to have fun regardless. Um, and I think like that has been super, super helpful um, mm -hmm. in terms of just like resonating with a lot of people as, as we launched the brand. And it's, sure. it starts with the core of the idea. You saw the problem that people were struggling to find opportunities. You found a solution. And then that just kind of... The, a great idea like that probably makes it pretty easy to brand and come up with that marketing or that brand strategy. And then the name, it all just kind of flows together. And I, I'm sure there's this like this flow sequence where you guys, things just started to click and it made sense and the visuals came. I'm jealous I wasn't a part of that. I think that that's some of the best part of our career. And Absolutely. Maggie, um, so you, these guys came to you. Uh, they had... It, things were pretty much fleshed out at this point. They had their visual identity. They had the concept. They you probably hyped it up a little bit, like you said, Firefest. And then you came in and you said, like, you need a client. Like, you this needs to be done. Um, how did when they came to you? Uh, <laughs> what did it feel like? They came. Uh, it was a lot of pressure on you. What was that situation like? And what was your thought process at that moment? Actually, Johnny, Johnny just like, I think Johnny texted, I don't remember. And I think you said that you texted without telling other people yet that I'm <laughs> might be joining. Yeah. I think I don't remember super clearly. I think it was just a specific ask of helping with partnerships. And that was more manageable than thinking sure. about like, you know, all of indoor recess. Um, I also do think like getting a client means um, getting a real client means a lot. Um, in terms of the legitimacy of this competition. So it was it was a good challenge. I like a challenge. It was May, I haven't started my internship yet. Um, obviously in the recess went into um, June, July, um, August, September. Right, so right. it was a bit tough to balance both sides, but it was a fun challenge. Um, so I said, yes. Nice. Pretty Who much. did you? So did you? Did you? Did you land a specific client? What were these partnerships? What did you? What were you able to bring to the table once you started? Yeah. So at first, I was super stressed out because sure, um, getting a client, it, you know, it's like getting a deal done. It takes time. It there's a lot of back and forth. 
um, and um, lead time. And, you know, I think they were, they had, they were in talks with a few companies or had some leads and I didn't have any. And okay. so I was very anxious about being brought on and then, you know, being a stranger to everyone and then not contributing. Um, and it was, you know, we were launching like mid-May, mid-June mid and the George Floyd murder happened. Um, and, you know, the, Black Lives Movement just entered a heightened period um, from then throughout the summer and now. Um, and we, I think we felt that it, it, it might feel kind of weird um, to work with a commercial client um, and like kind of pull attention away from racial justice, um, which is very important. So we thought that it might be a, actually a great idea to pitch to racial justice nonprofits and kind of use this first session where there's so much momentum um, for change to use advertising so good. So I remember, God, I reached out to like every like racial justice organization, Color of Change, def that, that was the, um, the client we got, but NWACP, Know Your Rights, uh, just every one of them. Some of them got back to me. Um, you know, the thing is we also knew that they were so busy, I mean, Right. Not just them, but all the companies were so busy um, also just making their finances work and dealing with COVID. So I was also looking at the background of all the comms director, um, whoever would be in charge of potentially partnering with an outside organization. And I came across um, Color of Change um, and found, found out that their comms director actually went to Syracuse and worked at uh, the same uh, student newspaper as I did. Um, so reached out on LinkedIn. I emailed her, um, you know, reached out all the ways I could. And eventually, I think she even wrote back maybe on LinkedIn first and then via email. But oh, even right. with that, like, I'm so thankful for being able to work with Color of Change. And they're a very entrepreneurial nonprofit um, who's um, who has a big social media presence. So I think that's part of why it was a perfect match. Like they were, um, they were just innovative. I think they're open to new ideas and um, great campaigns that can promote change. So, nice. so they were, they're, were, they're willing to work. They saw value in indoor recess. Obviously you saw value in them. That's the root of a partnership, right? You, the values were aligned and you were yeah, exactly. To work together and so they you worked so to my knowledge and correct me if i'm wrong um there were three sessions three two-week sessions am i right on that yep okay yep, correct. and with it were, were there different clients for each individual session yep so it was color of change for the first one to twitch twitchy sports for the second and disney okay. music group for the third and disney music group yep what do they do <laughs> All things music for Disney. Really? So like Yeah. Well, yeah. not only I mean they just any Disney song you can think of on a soundtrack, but then they also actually are a record label for some artists. Right. So it's mm -hmm. they really just run the gamut. Yeah. Shout cool. out Jonas Brothers. Yeah. I love, <laughs> yeah. I love the Jonas Brothers. Nick is my favorite. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So when you got that first partnership, um, that was huge, right? That was your first one that you guys got. It obviously meant something. It was very important that you guys uh, did that. And then was it easier than once you had the numbers rolling, you guys launched? What was the first day of the program? Oh, we had a, Ooh, we gosh, have kickoff. Date. Wait, date? Yeah. June. Yeah. It was, was a Sunday. It was, it was June fourteenth or, or, or early June. Hold on, it I was a week it. before I mean, June. Right. It's June fourteenth. Okay. The whole summer was a blur. Yeah, I didn't mean to stump you there. I'm sure you guys were super busy, stressed, excited, <laughs> all these different emotions. So amazing, amazing, amazing. Did you know it was going to be three, um, three sessions, or was it just going to be like one? What did you guys? Did you have it all planned out? Yeah. So basically, um, I wrote a skeleton timeline actually way back in like April, May. Nice. Um, the way I thought it out was like, okay, so we're going to get these clients. We're going to get these mentors and judges on board. We're going to launch here. We're going to have our session for two weeks here. 
We're going to have one week of break time to recruit for the next session for, for participants. If we're successful, we'll do a session two and three. So that was kind of the plan. We originally just wanted to do one session, but I always wrote in that, like, what if? Like, what if we have so sure. much hype? What if yeah. we can't help everybody? Then we'll do it again. Nice. Um, so thankful, thankfully for that timeline that we had, we were able to launch like around the same time frame that we wanted for yeah. Color of Change. Um, and then when it came to getting the second client and the third client, um, those were in the making already, sort of. Um, but when it comes to like making the deals, like Maggie said, like these things take a lot of time. Sure. We started talking to Disney Music Group like in April and May as well. But we didn't secure the deal until like uh, probably a week before session three started. Wow. You know, that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I I think that's so cool. I like I, I don't even know sometimes like the guests that I'm going to interview this week, like next week. I just kind of shoot a LinkedIn message the night before. So I get it. Like reaching out to people and all that is a crazy process. Um. All right. Let's go through numbers. How many people applied for that first session? Whoever knows off the top of their head. Was it like a million? Uh, I think it was about 400, 450. Um, wow. For just the first session. And I think and how many people... it was really that moment. Oh, go ahead. I was just wondering how many people of the 450 that you said were admitted? So 100. we ended up taking um, 100, yeah. Yeah. And I think it was in that moment as well that we realized like, oh, shoot there's like a lot of people who would be interested in doing this um and actually through that we then created uh, assembly sessions so that's like another added thing that we had with indoor recess um which we can talk about later but um yeah so it was i think uh 450 cut it down to 100 to participate 10 teams um of 10 people each um, and then based on feedback for session two and three, we actually changed those numbers. So we only took 80 participants um, and cut the teams down to eight people per 10 teams. More manageable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Um, and then with the team setting, I mean, obviously, I'm sure more people applied as sessions two and three came out. Um, you have the team, you have the client. And then you need these mentors, I'm sure, right? So did you have mentors? How many people applied for that? Give us the rundown on these agency professionals. They saw indoor recess popping off and they're like, I want to help. I want This is cool, actually. Like maybe your professor that said it was a bad idea, Johnny, <laughs> maybe he was like, oh, snap. Oh, shit. I want to join in on this now. So how many mentors do you guys have? Uh, Bella, do you want to lead in with the Edelman story with LinkedIn? On how we got those mentors oh oh yeah yeah i um so i think total we had 200 across the board just to answer that question like we had um i think it was 90 judges and 110 mentors total um throughout the summer um not all at once but just speckled throughout the summer um so we're super appreciative for all of those people but i think a huge way we got so much um support from the get-go was because Literally, actually, the day before we had intended um, on launching, Jen London, who is a, a director of strategy at Edelman, um, who Emily worked with and, and I had met through Edelman, um, she had just found out about Indoor Recess just in a meeting, like when we were at our internship, loved the idea and was like, oh my gosh, send me all the information. I'm going to share it with my network. And we didn't think she was talking about like that day. Um, so we, we sent it to her didn't really like ask about her timing. And next thing we know, we're getting tagged on LinkedIn um, and, and she's shared it and sent it around to everyone she's known. Everyone um, is tagging each other on LinkedIn. So, and, and she's very high up and as well as um, Mariana Cotlier, she as well shared it and, and tagged all of these really iconic people in the ad industry. So um it was, I, I think it was a, a mixture of timing and luck and a lot of different things and, and our networks being so supportive of us as well, um, because then we had people within our own network see it and see that we were tagged in it. And, and it just was this like ripple effect of people just kind of coming out of the woodwork to, to help out. So shout out to all of those people who really helped us from the get go. 
Amazing. Also, we sent this to um, Natalie, who shared it in her yeah. newsletter as well, and Mark Pollard, um, who shared it um, on his Twitter, which which was like legendary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, we all we really all helps. pinching ourselves. Yeah. That, yeah, that's crazy. I, I love I love that. Um, just the feeling when you when you get something like that or you, you start to get noticed and you see the ripple effect, like you said, Bella, it's amazing. And, you know, it's for uh, it's obviously for a good cause that you guys want to help out all the people affected. Um, I think it's also just like these people believing in what we're doing and believing in us. That's yeah. just so huge. Like that's that's huge in anything. Like, you know, when you're stepping into a career um before we're even big before we even started they advocated for us and so that yeah. just goes a long way one thing that i will add though is that the reason why um the one thing that i had to think about this whole time was like okay think about it from the mentor and judge's perspective they have a lot of stuff to do they're already worried about their own jobs safety and all that stuff so then my job was to decide and figure out how can i make this as easy as possible for them to say yes so I was like, okay, one judge or mentor, or if you're a judge, all you have to do is just look at the decks at the end. So you don't have to do anything for the whole month mm -hmm. of that time span. If you're going to be a mentor, all I ask is for you to have availability for one hour or 30 minutes for a week. And then if we have just that tiny little availability, I can give a team like four mentors and then that'll stack up to the four hours or the five hours or whatever. Smart. So that was the number one goal. Just make it obvious that it's super easy to help out. Um, because it's just a numbers game here. Love that. Love that. Um, and then what feedback did you get from the participants and all your um, recess students? What, what Did they love it? Did they, did they reach out to you guys? What was the feedback? Yeah, no, we got tons of feedback and, um, and, and we obviously took it graciously. We were figuring it out just as much as they all were. Um, the, the biggest chunk of feedback, I think, was the number of people on the teams and, and that we immediately fixed for the second session. So yeah. we basically got feedback that um, they did put into two project managers, two strategists, two copy, two art. And um, we got feedback that they didn't need two account leads and two project managers. So we cut that out. Um, and the other piece of feedback was just, I think, getting in, in contact with mentors or, or, or readjusting mentors to make sure that, um, from the get go, they knew everyone's schedules. Um, and, and again, we just, we kind of learned by doing, like we just adjusted our communications. We made sure we were always, um, on tap for the teams. Um, I, I think for the most part, I would say it was really positive because it was just a lot of our own peers kind of just saying like, Hey, thanks. This was a cool opportunity. Um, like, and, and that was like enough for us. We were just excited to help out. So. Amazing. Amazing. Um, then I, I think you guys obviously, uh, what I was trying to get at there is that you've probably influenced a lot of students' lives and you probably gave them a lot of hope and a lot of experience to put on their resume that teamwork aspect, that real client experience that not everybody gets, especially at a time like this. So I applaud you all. It's amazing stuff you guys have done. Uh, I want you guys to kind of like rattle off now. We'll go one by one, like round table again. Just some like, what is what advice now, looking back from Johnny, from when you had that Google Doc and you had that probably that imposter syndrome that, or when your professor told you this, is a, this won't work, um, what advice do you have for students out there, whether they're younger than you or they're older, like myself, that, you know, maybe struggling to find a job? What have you learned? What's some light at the end of the tunnel you can offer to our listeners out there? Johnny, we'll start with you. We'll go to Bella and then Maggie. Yeah, definitely. I guess the one thing that I'll say is like, if you're in that situation, there's probably somebody that has been in that situation or is also going through that situation. So it's always rely on that network. If you don't have a network, reach out to strangers. It always helps, honestly. Um, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for myself reaching out to Bella. Um, but just keep going at it. I would say, like, do now, think later. <laughs> it's a really great situation that I've loved uh, going through. Uh, because, you know, if I thought about the entire 
idea just that single day, then I wouldn't have even started because it would have felt so overwhelming. So start off with the little chunks and keep going from there. Love that. Bella? Um, yeah, ditto to all of that. I think for me, it would be to create a community or find a community of, of peers who are at your same level. So not only people who can, who can guide you and give you advice um, at a higher level, but also people who um, are a support network, who you can go through things with um, and, and who can push you to be better and really reaffirm your worth. Because I think it can be hard sometimes, you know, as a young professional, imposter syndrome is real, especially right now, you know, jobs are, are slim pickings. And so um, if you have a group of, of friends and, and peers who can maybe call you out when you're doubting yourself and, and reaffirm your abilities and say like, hey, like, shut up, no, you're great at doing what you do or like motivate you to keep going. I think that's so important. Um, and that's definitely something like sappy, but like I feel with the indoor recess team, um, that's a huge community I tap into. And also just, you never know when someone like one of your peers in five or 10 years is going to be the next, um, ECD or CEO of a great agency. And, um, they have seen you like throughout your career grow and, and, um, continue and they know that you're a hard worker. And so those are going to be the people later down the line who might actually be giving you a job and they could be right. like one of your friends that you met on a group project or, or whatever. Yeah. So I think definitely, um, reinforce that, that community for sure. Nice. Maggie. Um, kind of jump, um, jumping off of what Bella was saying, I think I just realized how um, severely underrated networking with peers is. Um, I feel like we've always just been taught, you know, reach out to people in the industry. And um, if you're talking to like an SVP, it just seems like you have a lot more clout or something. But um, it it's good to have friends. It feels a lot better to have friends in the industry that you're going into or you're working in. And I think before the summer, I didn't really have really friends in the industry and now I do. And it's, it's, it's a good feeling. It's a big motivator and it just, it just really helps. I think also um, before indoor recess, um, I, I knew that, you know, we all had to do something that, um, help us stand out. Um, that's, you know, we get a lot of that advice. Um, but I think now I kind of realize that you don't have to do something huge like indoor recess. Um, and it's not that you have to like work hard and differentiate yourself. It's just that there are so many people out there. Um, a lot of resumes can look the same. Um, it's nice to have something that um, people can remember you for but not exactly like to prove yourself, you know, it's not exactly to like make yourself seem better than everybody else. It's just, you know, make yourself memorable. So I would encourage people to do that. I think it just, I think it'll, it'll help. And then um, lastly, because I was like for the first time on the other side of the job search, kind of like looking mm -hmm. at people who apply to indoor recess sure. and just really struggling to pick people to admit because there's so many excellent candidates um so having gone through that experience i think now i really do realize that rejection doesn't mean that you're not good enough because it's just numbers like we couldn't admit anyone like we just couldn't and there were just a lot there were many talented people that we couldn't admit and i would hate for them to feel like because they didn't get into into recess that they are not as good as someone else i think that's just cannot be farther from the truth. So wow, I've that. learned to I've learned to handle rejection a little better myself. Nice. Um, that doesn't mean that we're not going to stop working on ourselves. It's just that you know to not get so demotivated and just realize that this is a numbers game. Gotcha. Wow, Absolutely. I love that insight. Um, is there going to be Johnny um, <laughs> another indoor recess, indoor recess 2.0, uh, in sometime in the future? If you want to. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's the golden question that we've always gotten <laughs> at. Um, what I will say is that we are definitely not going to be out of the game. Um, okay. <laughs> keep this in is touch on with record our now. This is all recorded. Yeah, keep in touch <laughs> with our social media. We're brewing something um, on our Instagram and our LinkedIn. Uh, but you know, as things always go with our team, uh, you know, 
We just don't have to, we don't have the whole idea planned out, but we're planning something. Good. That's why I like to hear that. Um, then for people listening now, they can reach out to you all individually, right? On LinkedIn, I'm sure you guys are okay yep. with that. Yep. Like Moral when Johnny reached out Moral to Bella. Podcast. Love it. Love it. Yeah, it all starts out with that one message um, and that one idea. So cool. Then I will um, give out that information, your LinkedIn's, and then of course the people that were also involved in the, the founding of this amazing program. That's all I have. Um, thank you all so much for coming on the Break Entering Podcast. Very similar goals uh, we both have. I'm glad that you guys came on. Thank you awesome. for having thank us. You thank so you much. so much. Yeah, it's been awesome. And, and thank you for doing this as well. This is a great resource for everyone. Absolutely. Adios. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering podcast. This was the founders of Indoor Recess. Not all of them. So you will have to go to our Instagram at Entering Ad to learn more about the six founders. Um, have to do our shout outs now. Mikey Malarkey, our audio technician. Buchan Zhang, our creative, creative director. And the Midnight Oil student team from the University of Illinois. Can't do it without you guys. We will see you next week with another amazing guest. Have a good one.